Welcome to our episode of Ghost Emoji. Uh, today we're going to be talking about um, what we thought of the movie that just came out about a week or so ago called It Comes at Night. Because me and Becca saw that and kind of wanted to go over what we thought about it since it was kind of marketed as, as a scary movie. But we'll kind of, we'll get to that. Yeah. If you haven't seen it yet and you don't want it spoiled, maybe skip this episode. Yeah, because we're going to get all up all up in there. But once you've seen it, come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was directed by Trey Edward Schultz, and it stars Joel Edgerton, Christopher Abbott, Carmen Ijogo, Kelvin Harrison Jr., and Riley Keogh. Mm-hmm. And I think this is uh, Trey Edward Schultz, his, like, second movie that he's done. So I know that was kind of a big deal that this was his his second film. I think the first one was one called uh, Krisha. I don't know if it was pronounced Krisha or Krisha, which it wasn't a scary movie. It was a suspenseful movie about, like, a family reunion, kind of, like, estranged aunt coming back and people being kind of not weird about it, but I didn't see it, but it looked very stressful, which I think, I guess that's, that's a genre he likes. He likes stuff that is stressful. So. I would, I would definitely agree with that <laughs> based on it comes at night. Yeah. Uh, this one was kind of, we debated whether we were going to cover it or not because we both had a lot of feelings about it, but, I mean, it was marketed, I feel like, as a scary movie, and it does deal with, like, unpleasantness, to say the least, and, you know, kind of scary situations, um, but I feel like it was more of, like, a suspense movie. Like, it had potential to kind of go down the horror road, but there were some parts about it that kind of... So they strayed away from that, and I feel like it kind of kept it from being fully a horror movie, but I think people who like horror are drawn to it because of the way all the trailers and stuff kind of portrayed it. Yeah, it's categorized as a psychological horror film, which, I, I mean, it had elements of horror, but ultimately, I think part of the reason why I ended up feeling so, like, I don't know about it is because the genres that it was tapping into and that it was it was just the way it ended didn't feel like a horror movie ending necessarily and i don't know i just i feel like i, I don't know honestly like walking out of the theater i had trouble reconciling like was that a horror film or was it just horrifying <laughs> yeah yeah so I guess we should probably do, like, a quick synopsis of it, kind of, just to, for, I mean, if people have seen it, I'm sure they know what it's about, but, um, it's basically, it takes place in kind of, like, a post-apocalyptic, some kind of, like, virus or illness has, um, I'm guessing wiped out a lot of, like, the human population. Um, this family is living in, like, a, you know, kind of isolated not quite a cabin. I mean, it looks really big from the outside, and I couldn't tell if that was the house they had always lived in or if it was a house they had found. 
but yeah, it's <laughs> but it's a dad, a mom, a son, and it opens with a grandfather who is ill, and they are all in this house, and um, you don't see a whole lot of other people, so that's why I'm guessing it killed a lot of people, but they could also just be, like, trying to stay out of the city, which I feel like that plot is very, like, horror movie-centric, you know, where it's like, we're in a cabin, we're isolated, there's some kind of virus going around, except that they don't really ever elaborate on it and, like, explain, like, like how long ago this happened, or is it still an ongoing thing? Is it one of those things where maybe they have started to take care of it, but they're so far out in the woods that they just don't know? Which was kind of my, I guess, for the exposition and all that stuff, like, I, I know you can do the whole, like, show, don't tell kind of thing, but I did want more information. Like, I didn't have to have it completely fleshed out, but I did just kind of feel like I was floundering and didn't know. I'm like, I don't know where we are. I don't know, like how long ago this happened, like, the son, Travis, you know, he's like a, did he say he was 16 or 17? Or he was about to turn 17? I think he was about to turn 17. So, but I'm like, you know, did he live most of his, like, childhood in a normal time and now this is happening? Or is this something that happened, like, you know, five or six years ago, you know, when he was kind of just starting to, like, come of age? And this is all he's known, which I feel like would have been kind of, would have been nice to sort of inform us like on his personality and what he was like. Because he really, he's kind of, I think, who we're supposed to be seeing the stories, like the his point of view. But you don't really, I feel like you don't really get to know what his personality is like other than just like he's kind of quiet and introspective. And I'm like, is that how he was before? Or is that because of this big traumatic like... I live in a world where people are constantly dying and my dad had to shoot my grandpa in the head because he was sick. And then we lit his body on fire and that's like the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah, I mean, you know he loves his dog, which... But I don't know. You don't really feel like you know them, which I know in a lot of horror movies they don't have a, a ton of, like, character development or anything. But still, since it's such a kind of intimate since they're such a small cast, you'd think that you would get to know the main character that you're seeing his perspective the most. You'd get to know him better, but I don't know. That was another thing where it was like, I I was sad for all of them, but at the same time, like, you never felt that attached to anyone other than the dog. I felt really attached <laughs> to the dog. We always feel it. attached to the dog. That's, you want to know the dog's going to be okay. And spoiler He's not. Stanley. Stanley the dog is not. Well, I take that back. I was attached to Travis. I was. I really, I did like him because he seemed sweet. But like you said, they didn't give us like much to go on other than what he was like right at this moment in time. And it does beg the question, like, what, what was he like before this? And we didn't get to see him interact with anybody much because his dad was kind of the quiet, silent type. And his mom, Silent, I feel like he never really, it. yeah, and I feel like he and his mom never had a scene where they were speaking to each other without the dad there. And then the only other time he talks to someone really is um, when he talks to Kim. Mm -hmm. And that's such a tiny, I mean, that was the most, like, information I felt like we really got about his likes and dislikes and mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So, but well, what happens is, like, not too long after the grandpa passes away... They show um, Travis wakes up, like, there's a loud noise, and 
you see, you know, the the red door that they kept showing and all of the, you know, trailers and everything. And they go down and they realize, like, someone is trying to break into the house. And you find out that it's, you know, a man who's like, I don't know if looting is the right word, but he thought it was an abandoned house. And he's the other, one of the other characters from this other family. Um, and he's played by the actor. Is that, I think that's Christopher Abbott. He was the one, he played Charlie in Girls, which is... Yeah. Sadly, the only other thing I've ever seen him in. But yeah. um, but he plays him. His name is Will. There's this big tense thing, which, you know, kind of comes about in a lot of, I feel like, these horror movies where there's illness or people are isolated or something like that. You know, kind of walking dead 28 days later, you, you meet other people and instead of being happy to see them, you're like, well, they're probably here to kill me. And so, you know, they tie him to a tree and like want to make sure he's not sick and they're trying to figure out like how he found them and what he wants and all this other stuff and he tells them a story about how like his family is nearby and he was just looking for food because they're starving and they agree to go get his family and then bring them to the house where I guess they'll all live together which I thought was kind of strange just with the whole like paranoia thing but I also didn't feel like it was something that they were doing out of the kindness of their hearts. Like, the mom says um, that it's because... Uh, the mom's name is Sarah, isn't it? Yeah, Sarah. But anyway, so Sarah is like, yeah, well, you know, they know where we are. If we let him go, they're just going to come back. And if it's not just his family, you know, it could be, like, a big group. It could be whatever. And so they bring this family back and they kind of start trying to live together and it's you know they have like a montage of them kind of like chopping wood and hanging out and Travis's dad whose name is Paul who's played by uh is it Egerton or Edgerton I don't know how to say his last name I said I don't know which one I think I said Edgerton but he's the he's the main dad but it might be Edgerton he Travis's dad and he you know feel like he's looking over and he's all jealous he's like I wanted to teach my son how to chop wood. But that's also just because most of the time he just kind of is like looking very intense. Like he doesn't say a whole lot. So that's just me assuming that he's thinking about how he wanted to teach his son how to chop wood. Yeah, I, that was some of the other issues is I was like, if you're alone with like five people, I feel like there wouldn't be all this silence. You know what I mean? Because these are the only people that you're talking to like there's no one else to talk to so I feel like you would talk a lot but I felt like everyone was silent 90% of the time yeah I mean I don't know if that was just because it was supposed to show like to add to the suspense that there wasn't a lot of talking that the whole thing is just kind of this facade of like we're getting along because we want to survive like we don't really care about getting to know these other people but I don't know like and what I'm not saying it's an unrealistic portrayal a portrayal betrayal uh oh it's a Freudian slip. Whoa. <laughs> but I'm not saying it's like an unrealistic portrayal of how something like this would go. It was just, I guess, kind of expected. And then maybe that's why I ended up feeling so kind of, I wouldn't say unimpressed with the movie. Because I mean, I guess I just, I never really felt scared. I felt like it wasn't really treading any ground that I didn't already think. Like, you know, the whole feeling. Like, I feel like in movies when they try to show that, like, humans are the real monsters, like, kind of like I said before, like, you got Walking Dead, where it's like, you know, who is the Walking Dead? It's not the dead people. Yep. It's the humans. Which I was reading, because because I felt bad about, like, not 
liking the movie as much as I thought I would after having a lot of people who I guess know something about film or whatever like just talking about how it was amazing I was trying to like read interviews and you know stuff like that to be like well, what am I like missing is there something else that I'm not getting from it but in those interviews there was one part where the writer director guy was like I've never watched The Walking Dead which kind of just gave me those those vibes of like I don't watch television I don't have a TV. I'm like, what? I I don't own a TV. I love TV. But I just kind of, I feel like that's something that's kind of been tread before. Like in 28 Days Later when, you know, the zombies are pretty scary, but guess who's even worse is the soldier guys that want to trap you and use you for breeding at the end. (laughs) Yep. You know, like that's the kind of thing where I was like, okay, like, I mean, I, I kind of figured it was going to end up bad and hopeless, and surprise, surprise, it uh, it does. It all ends up bad. <laughs> I mean, it surprised me that it wasn't actually the couple that they brought in with their child that, like, ended up being the bad people. I was, I mean, not hugely surprised, because I felt like Sarah and um, Paul were both very, well, incredibly paranoid, which is understandable but at the same time i didn't think they were like capable of that necessarily Mm -hmm. well what happens for i don't know why i feel like i need to like recap it because i figure if people are listening to this they've probably heard it they might not have they may just want to you know i mean how many times have i listened or (laughs) read something just to find out the whole plot whether it's like worth watching or not Uh, well then sometimes it's good because then you'll know what's in it which this movie you know it's not like it wasn't particularly gory or anything considering you know the subject matter like there's a couple of ooey gooey parts where like because when you get sick you get like these like pustules on your skin and the main character travis keeps having like these nightmares of like people with like the like black icker goo kind of like coming out of their mouths and stuff so that part was very like seeing like a still from like resident evil 7 or something but but yeah the parts that definitely were the most upsetting is there's a dog death and there Mm -hmm. is child death in the in the thing so if you are sensitive to either of those things then maybe give it a skip yeah because again it's it's not it's not particularly like gruesome like they don't show a lot of the stuff like when people get shot or whatever it's usually just like they get shot and then they're they don't like do big close-ups or anything like that but um i mean i guess going into a movie that is about a highly contagious disease that's wiped out most of the planet or plague or whatever you i assumed a lot of the people were gonna die but the people I wanted to die didn't, <laughs> and the people who I didn't want to die definitely did. So, because I mean... By the end of the movie, everybody's, like, on their way to being dead. Yeah. The mom and the dad both have it. Travis gets it. Yeah. I don't know. This movie gave me the bad feels. <laughs> Which I just, I guess I didn't understand, because, like, I'm looking it up and, like, all of the critics are, like, it was, like, 86% on like Rotten Tomatoes, but then all of the audience members are like, ah, I give it like 43%. That's what I've noticed. Made me feel a little bit better. And that's why I was like, am I missing something? Like, 
what am I missing? Like, what comes at night? You know? <laughs> is it is it just paranoia? Like, everything I read, you know, interview-wise with Trey Edward Schultz was talking about how, like, this movie was very inspired by, um, he was estranged from his father, and his father was, um, an addict, and I guess he, his father was trying to reconcile with him, like, on his deathbed, and apparently, like, the, the first words in the movie are the mom, Sarah, telling her dad, whose name is Bud, like, just to, you know, let go, it's okay, kind of thing, and apparently that's, like, what he said, like, the last thing he said to his dad, so, Maybe that's why I feel bad kind of like shitting on the movie because I know that it's something that's, you know, was like a way for him to move through his grief and like this fear of the unknown and mortality and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm glad it worked for him, but just as a movie, like for me, I'm like watching it unless I'm also trying to like move through something similar and I can relate to that like very specific trauma. I just... It just felt, like, super hopeless and, like, nothing... And that's just boring to me, I guess. Like, I get it. The world sucks. People suck. They will bring you in and then they will shoot you and kill your child sort of thing. So it just... I wish they had done more, like, the paranormal thing. Because I'm all about stuff that's, like, real-life scary. You know, shitty human beings and that kind of being a good twist. But it's already... I think it's really hard to do it in a new way. And I just, they kept teasing that, like, something was out there when Stanley the dog runs away into the woods and he's, like, barking at something and they keep showing, like, Travis, like, with these wide eyes, like, he's seen something. Yeah, out in the woods. Like, they show this big area of the woods that he's looking into and he's hearing Stanley barking and you're, like, looking the whole time to see something and you never see anything. And then the other thing that bothered me was that, um... Who let the dog in? The dog couldn't have opened the door on his own since it's, like, super double, like, locked. It's got latches and stuff on it. Yeah. So how did he get in? How did the dog get in? It's the only entrance. It's it, That's one of the things where I'm like, that's just a straight up kind of, like, loophole or, like, plot hole. You know, it's not just like, oh, I'm leaving it open-ended and I want people to decide, like, what they think of it. Um, that one's just... The dog ran away, and they're like, we're going to go back. We don't want to go chase it. We don't know what's out there. And then, you know, like a day or two later, the main character, Travis, hears something behind, because there's the red door, and then kind of like a mudroom type area, and then another door that leads to the outside that's, you know, they make a big deal about how it's always double bolted and locked, and, you know, only the dad, Paul, has a key, and somehow... The dog gets in, and I guess they try to make it seem... And the dog is sick, and so that's how this contagion, like, gets into their house and starts, like, extra big paranoia. I mean, even if they try to blame it on, like, the little kid from the other couple sleepwalking, like, he doesn't have the key. Mm-mm. So, I don't know. I, I was reading something, because Travis keeps having these very, like, vivid dreams of, like, his grandfather and... He kind of has like a, a crush, I guess, on the the Kim from the from the other couple, which also kind of made me feel uncomfortable. I don't know why. I guess I know why, but he he like has dreams about her like kissing him, but then like spitting up the black goo on him. And yeah. and I was reading where someone was talking about how because we know so little about this virus you know, illness, whatever, they were like, what if that's part of it? Like what if he was actually sick the whole time? 
Like, he already had it, and that was just a manifestation of it. But I feel like then, like, they talk about how fast the grandpa turned. Yeah. It was an interesting idea, but again, I was like, eh, you can try and and add this kind of element to it, but I don't think it's going to work. Mm-mm. I mostly felt bad for Travis because I know that the reason that he was having those, you know, feelings is because he hasn't seen another, like, woman, I guess, other than his mother in probably a year or two. So. Yeah, I mean, we don't know. (laughs) That's the other thing is we don't know. So, mm, I mostly felt bad for him, though, because, I mean, 17, your hormones are pretty intense normally and. Being all by yourself and only with your parents, I imagine, would be a little a little weird to try and go through puberty or be going through puberty. Maybe I was just being, like, overly sensitive to it. I guess I just kind of felt, and I might be, like, out of, not out of line, I guess, but I just, the whole, like, young black boy having a crush on, like, an older white woman and them kind of framing it as him, like, listening to them like, through the wall and stuff, kind of... I don't know, I feel like they were portraying him kind of as a little bit creepy. Yeah, And I didn't think that was very fair or good. He's just, you know, having dreams or whatever. And then, like, they're talking in the kitchen, and, of course, he, like, sees her in her nightgown, which I I guess that's too enticing. I don't know, I just felt like they were making... They were making him, like, not very sexual, but I just didn't, like... This kind of sexualization of, like, a teenage black boy. It's hypersexualization, yeah. Um, I agree that's not cool. Yeah. And um, I think they could have probably left in, like, if he'd had the dream and they'd just kissed, it would have been okay. But since she got on top of him, it felt hypersexual. And maybe if it had felt less, like, if they had taken out the part where he looks at her boobs, that was, that was, that creeped me out. Because I was like... Really? That, I don't think he would do that. Like, I mean, I guess, I guess he might. I just, I felt uncomfortable about it. And I'm not like a prude. I know by 16 and 17, most boys are definitely probably, you know, looking at other people and getting sexual feelings and stuff like that. And I mean, this is an extreme situation where he's like in a cabin with just his parents. So he might be a little rambunctious but it just kind of I thought the dynamic was weird and I felt uncomfortable with that part yeah that's understandable that was the uh the actress who plays Kim she looks so familiar and I couldn't place it but she's the redheaded uh wife in uh Mad Max Fury Road oh my god you're right I was looking up her IMDB I was like oh that's you I didn't recognize you without your like giant long red hair just your regular red hair also a note they had a, what's it called? This other family that comes in, part of like what they kind of offer is they're like, well, we've got goats and animals and stuff that we're, you know, living with so we could, you know, bring them with us. And one of the goats is actually the goat that played Black Philip in The Witch. <laughs> He's a star. <laughs> I'm gonna be a star. He's a star. He's a fancy Hollywood goat. I, like, I mean, I would have never known that if I hadn't seen an article about it. But when I did, I was like, oh, Black Philip, you you a bad boy. Oh, that was, <laughs> it was bad. That's good. It was bad. I like that. God, I have to no, stop. Bad. But yeah, I just, the whole kind of like, they didn't really go wholly in on the paranormal thing, but then kind of kept alluding to it. 
I don't know. I know some people are like, I like when it's it doesn't actually end up being something paranormal, that it's just like that intense human fear and like what it does to people. But it was in there. So like, I just wanted to know what was in the woods because they kept showing him looking out and like having dreams about it. And then after Stanley dies and he's like really upset, or is it after he dies or just after he runs away? But there's one point where Travis is like drawing and, you know, his dad comes in to talk to him even though he doesn't say very much. He basically comes in and is like, hey, sorry about Stanley. Good talk. And then, and then leaves. <laughs> he comes in to tell him that they're going to go look for him in the morning. But it it <laughs> he did have a purpose. But yeah, it did feel very like, mm-hmm. man, you guys don't but talk But what he's ever. drawing oh. is like these like, you know, kind of like black f- like figure, like humanoid like figures. And I'm like, he's not, you know, this is kind of a trope I feel like they use for, like, little kids being like, oh, what you drawing? And being like, oh, this is the bad man that lives in my closet. Or, you know, this is my imaginary friends. He doesn't like you. Where, you know, here's this, like, 16, 17-year-old boy just, like, not talking to his dad while, like, furiously coloring in this scary humanoid figure. And I'm like, what did he, like, what is it? Did he see that somewhere? Is it, I, I just, I mean, I don't know... I don't know what it would have been if it had been something because, you know, virus is pretty cut and dry, like science, bad epidemic, whatever. So I guess it wouldn't have really tied back in to be to make it to where it's like this monster made everyone sick. The monster was inside you all along. I don't know. I mean, it follows is technically about a paranormal virus that you can give to another person and then it follows you around until it kills you and then it kills everyone and yeah but that one was it like a virus or was it more like a like a curse type thing i think it was more like a curse but i mean what's the difference really same thing i just wanted them to go spooky molder on me all the way and show me something scary and paranormal and instead they tricked me and made my agoraphobia worse so to that i say Uh. no 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 thanks. It's a beautiful movie. Like, you know, the lighting is very good. The acting is great. Yeah, I mean, that's where, like, there's so many things about it that I like. I want to like it. And the fact that, like, I've been thinking about it as much as I have, I'm like, maybe he, you know, kind of accomplished what he wanted to do. Or he's like, I want people to walk out and think about it. Because, I mean, I don't think Schultz had any misconceptions that some people were going to leave and be like, what's the point? Like, what, why did I even watch that? Because I know at the end, we saw the Friday it came out, the credits start rolling and (laughs) the whole theater was just kind of like, what? Yeah, people audibly go, huh? And what? I don't know, that that very like open-ended kind of, I mean, I guess it's not super open-ended because at the end of it, Stanley gets lost, the dog, he comes back in, somehow gets into that little mud room, and then it comes to light that the other little boy might have been sleepwalking and might have, like, gone close to the dog when he was sick, because the dog had whatever the the illness was, I guess. They kind of, like, show, like, a, a cutaway of him and there's blood, but I was like, is he injured or is he sick? But I think in the movie they say he's sick, so I'm I'm just going to take their word for it. But then they're all paranoid that the little boy is sick. And then they make them like split up. And they're like, well, we'll all hang out on, you know, this side of the house. And you hang out on your side of the house. And then Travis can hear like through the walls, he can hear the little boy crying and upset. And so he's like, I think he's sick, which I know he was probably trying to help. But then that sends his parents into full paranoia mode. And they're like, we have to get them out of here and we need to take care of this. And Travis is just like, what do you mean? 
what do you mean take care of like they're sick like let's just let them leave and they're like no no they know where we are they'll come back i'm like dude if their boy is sick and they're like cuddling him and trying to comfort him like they've got it in their dead there's no reason for this which maybe that is kind of like a horror movie where you're watching and you're like don't do that what are you what are you doing just just do the right thing and, and everyone will maybe be okay. Because, I mean, I think at that point, Travis is like, I mean, if he's got it, I'm sick because I was, you know, help him put him back to bed after he slept walk. So what's the point? And they're like, no, no, you're not sick. You're not sick. You're, you're our good, not sick boy. And then they try to make them leave with, you know, like guns on them. And so, of course, it goes badly and they, like, try to run away. And the mom, I think, shoots Will as he's running away. And then the dad grabs the gun from her and shoots, mm-hmm. um, he shoots at uh, Kim and I cannot remember their little boy's name. Andrew. Andrew. She's running away with Andrew and he shoots at them. That was the roughest part because they don't show anything, thank God. But just like as soon as the shot goes off, the mom just starts like howling. She loses it and it was hard to watch. Yeah, which because he, when he shot, he didn't hit the mom. He killed the little boy, I'm assuming like instantly. And it's like Becca said, and I agree, the acting in the movie is excellent to the point where you're like, I don't know if I need to see someone expertly acting out having had their child shot in their arms. I think I'm okay with that. I'm good not having that experience. I'm okay. (laughs) And so, you know, then he shoots the mom because she's basically screaming at him to kill her because she just... They just killed her whole family and her son and everything. And then it just, you know, shows them all being real upset. And then shows Travis waking up and he's got welts and stuff. And the mom giving him the the same kind of speech where it's like, it's okay to let go. And then like the finishing shot is the mom and dad, Will and Sarah, or Paul and Sarah, sitting at a table. They both, they both, I think are, from what I read, they were sick. I wasn't totally clear when we saw it because the mom looked like she was sick. The dad still looked like he was just kind of beat up from the altercation. But from what I read, like... They are both sick, which this thing has, like, a 100% fatality rate. And then that's the end of the movie. Like, great job. Everyone's dead. I I agree. Like, there were lots of things about the movie that I liked. Like, actually, in general, I enjoyed the movie. It, was, it wasn't until the end when they murdered Will, Kim, and Andrew that I really... And, and Travis dying was like... I was just like, why? Why did you make me sit through an hour and a half just to punish me like I just (laughs) well that's the thing is I'm sure he doesn't mean it as like a punishment to people who watch it but it felt like one if that's not like what you need then maybe (laughs) maybe it's just for someone else I don't know because there are people who like I love it follows and I know there are people who thought the ending of that was very stupid but for me like watching I was like this movie is important to me and has a lot of themes and messages and it's beautiful and it helped me kind of, you know, like deal with whatever. So maybe there's just people out there where this movie will help them and we are not those people because we don't, don't need it, I guess. <laughs> I really wanted to like it because the trailers looked really scary and there was this big like blood red door and it just ended up not being what, what I expected. So... That's why kind of maybe sort of strange for our first one because we were like, oh, we're so excited. We're going to review this scary movie. This is perfect because we've got lots of other stuff that we've been like looking up. But then we saw it and I was like, was this scary or was it just sad? (laughs) Yeah, sad. That's the word. Yeah. 
Because when, when we say child death, I'm including Travis. He's a child. And that upset me. He was a very sweet boy, and it made me very upset that they killed him, especially since it felt like they were punishing him for being sweet to a little boy and taking him to bed. I just, the whole thing hurt. It just hurt, and I didn't like it. <laughs> I just want to know how Stanley got back in the house. That too. Because in the interviews I read, they, you know, he was very, like, the ending is what it is. I'm not going to explain, like, some deeper meaning or elaborate on the world or what happened. And I'm like, okay, I can live with that. Yeah. But tell me, how did Stanley, the dog, get in the house? <laughs> how do you do it? You just how? hop up and be like, help, gods, I'm sick. Riddle me that. Because that's, that's, like, the whole, that's the whole catalyst of, like, the end part of the movie and everything going to shit is him getting in the house. Yep. So. How do you do it? How'd, them, how'd that dog get in there? Tell me that, Trey Edward Schultz. Best of luck to you. I'm, I'm proud of what you've done at such a young age, but I don't get it. And where? How'd Stanley get in? Love, Taylor. And Becca. And Becca. Becca sends her <laughs> love also. Yes. R.I.P. Stanley. And Travis. And Travis. And Andrew. And, well, ev and everybody. Just all of them. <laughs> yep. Whole cast dead. But, I don't know, I mean, that's mostly what I got. I, I just, I guess I, I had a lot of feelings, but most of them were bad. So, mm -hmm. that's why I was kind of disappointed. If you, if you really like that genre, or if you're a big fan of, of this particular act, or director and writer, then, you know, I'd say you owe it to yourself to, I guess, to see it, if that's something that you think is up your alley. But if you're looking for more of kind of, like, a straight-up horror movie, I would say probably, like, don't, you, you probably won't like it. If you go in wanting a horror movie, you're not gonna, you're not gonna like it. But if you go in understanding that it is definitely supposed to um, create suspense and also intense paranoia, which I guess maybe that's what they were trying to do with showing the trees as he was trying to just suggest, like, you're supposed to be paranoid about everything, like... Are you seeing a person in the trees? Are you seeing something paranormal in the trees? Are you paranoia around every corner? Which was effective. It was an effective tool, but I wanted it to be paranormal <laughs> and it wasn't. So I was disappointed. I know. So what do you think? I feel like we should have a rating system, like out of five or out of ten. But I want to call it like like four out of five ghost emojis or, <laughs> or like, I don't know bones or skeletons oh, or do you know what i mean like something goofy uh it could just be different each time i give this three out of five spooky skeletons that's good that's good two and a half spooky skeletons like two full skeletons and then like a rib cage i agree <laughs> with that maybe mm, i'm gonna add in i'm gonna add in the like upper body like it's split <laughs> in half so rib bones like arms and then skull scalpula yeah, so I'm giving it a full, like, three-fourths. So two and three-quarters. That's good. I can I can get behind that. <laughs> if they had taken out the ending, I think I would have given it four spooky skeletons. Then what would they have done? Like, what could they have done different? Because it was already, like, set know. up to fail. Like, I don't know why I was so surprised when I was like, everyone's dead. What did you think would happen, Taylor? Did you think everyone was going to make it? I don't know. I was kind of hoping literally like Travis and the little boy was going to be like, you're my son now. 
and they just wander off and find a dog. This is our new life, but no. Or if someone had had, like, a weird, like, immunity to it. Yeah. Just alter your expectations. If you're looking for a horror horror movie, It Comes at Night is not necessarily really a horror movie. If you want, like, a really suspenseful movie where, like, you're going to feel kind of bad, like, very nihilistic feels at the end, what's the point? Then... It comes at night is is your jam. Have fun. Ugh, I just thought about I don't want to yuck anyone's yums. Oh, <laughs> I don't want to yuck any yums. <laughs> Anyways, if your kink is is hopelessness, then <laughs> this is the movie for you. Yeah, you're about to get deep in the paint. <laughs> it comes at night. You're what right. comes at night? That's gonna be the name of this episode. Sadness. <sighs> What's a I'm trying to think of, like, what would be a good suggestion for, like, if you, if I was going to see this movie again and someone stopped me and was like, I think what you're imagining is a movie more like blank. Go watch that instead, because this is not it. But I'm having trouble thinking of, like, good movies about, like, paranoia, paranoia, disease, and, and all that stuff. You could watch, like, The Thing. John Carpenter's The Thing, you know? It's got a dog in it. That's true. It does. <laughs> uh... 20 Days Later is good because it's like zombie, but it is a virus. And it's got an ending you can feel mostly good about. Rosemary's Baby is paranoia, but it's... That's pregnancy, not like disease. Yeah. You can watch The Strain. (laughs) I'm watching season three right now, so I'm just really excited and I want to get back to it. I need to watch season three. That's something else we should review. I love The Strain. Would love to rewatch all of it like all together because I watch the seasons as soon as they come out on Hulu because I don't have cable and then just wait for them to come back around. But luckily, I guess not enough people watch it because I never see spoilers for it on the internet. So God bless people who don't watch it and don't hashtag anything about it. Many blessings from Lord Santos. Yeah, Lord Santos bless you. Anyways, what do you think we're going to talk about on our next episode? Um, well, we've been looking up a couple of things. Um, the two that I've done the most and I've gotten the most requests for um, is stuff about like haunted roads and bridges, um, especially in Texas, because that's where we are. And just when I told people that we were doing this, like everyone was like, oh, you know, cover like Demons Road in Huntsville. Or, like, Patterson Road in Houston, which is kind of by, like, where we grew up. And a couple other ones. I know San Antonio has a couple of them. Um, So I've been looking up those to see kind of what's going on. Got Goatman's Bridge. Mm -hmm. Goatman's Bridge, Mm -hmm. not Goatman. Goatman. It's Goatman. Excuse you. (laughs) And we also have been looking up stuff about, like, ball lightning. For, like, weather phenomena that's weird and really cool. I was so excited when you showed me that video and I kept showing it to my husband Mark and he was like that's kind of neat and I'm like it's a glowing ball of light that science cannot explain <laughs> look at it it's it looks like a fucking weather elemental like look at it and he's like oh okay yeah uh when I went to the Wikipedia and there were so many like reportings of it happening throughout history and people were like that's made up and then in the 60s they were like oh no wait it's real it's real. It's not people hallucinating it. It's real suckers. <laughs> like, but I would like to kind of go, like, keep digging in and finding, like, all these, like, old, like, legends and stories and if this possibly could be it. And we've been getting a lot of good recommendations. So we'll kind of dig through those. 
We've got episodes for right now. We're putting up episodes on Tuesdays. I don't know if it's going to be every other Tuesday or every Tuesday. Or was it Monday? It's Tuesday, right? Tuesday. 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 Yeah. So we'll just kind of depend on on how front-loaded we are. Because like I said, we've got a big list of stuff we want to go through. But we don't want to burn too burn through too fast. So I feel like it's an unending like hole of scary random shit. Uh, never but... let me out of this hole. <laughs> I'll stay down here forever. <laughs> yeah, but um All right, well, until next time. Yeah, thanks for listening and sorry that our first episode was about a scary movie that kind of ended up not being a scary movie, but just wanted to get it out there and we'll put up some real spooky stuff next the next Tuesday when we post. So Keep sending us suggestions and stuff. I've been really happy. We don't have like a ton, but we have more than I thought we would. Yeah. Um, we're on iTunes now, uh, Ghost Emoji. Um, so subscribe, review. I mean, anything is good. If, if you just want to review but not subscribe, I'm not going to cry about it. That's okay. We're also on YouTube, but you have to search Ghost Emoji Podcast because there is someone else who has Ghost Emoji as their YouTube channel, I guess. She's had it for a while, though. Yeah. Oh, you looked into it? <laughs> well, because I, I saw that when I looked it up to, to see if we were if we were up. And I was like, oh, hey, hey there. Not us? Yeah. But yeah, so we are, we are in many places. We're on Podbean if you want to follow us there. So you've got lots of options mm-hmm. if you want to keep up with us. We're Ghost Emoji Show on Twitter. Tweet at me. That's where we've gotten most of our suggestions. So. Yeah, I love it. Anyways, until next time, stay spooky. Yeah, stay spooky. <laughs> oh, dang it. Oh, I thought we were going to say it at the same time. Okay, we can. Is that cheesy? I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. No, we don't have to. We could just leave it at, at the last one. Okay. <laughs> Be good. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>